0: The title of the lesson, Following the Wonderful Counselor, so we're going to consider how one of the ways that God himself changes us and how that informs the way that we can be instruments of change in each other's lives. And so here's some questions to kind of help us begin to think about this topic. So have you ever known that a friend needed to change, but you simply did not know how to help them? Have you found yourself in that situation? Have you ever tried to help someone and felt like you actually ended up making things worse? Have you ever felt like you wanted to help someone, but you were way in over your head and you thought, I'm the wrong person to be of any use at all in any way to this person in this situation? And so the big question we're going to look at this morning is going to help begin to speak into that and think about that well. The big question that I think you have on your notes is this. Right now, where has God positioned you to be one of his instruments of change? So right now, where has God positioned you to be one of his instruments of change? Uh, There was a question asked last week and in the follow-up conversation, uh, I think this touched on it, that think about God's providence and where he has put you in your life in this present day if God is so sovereign and so powerful that he can number the stars and order them and hold up the earth by his word and uh, you know even sovereignly, providentially, have us born into the families we we're born into and the personalities we have, God is also very much providential in every single person. Every single person that's in your life today. God is providentially working and wants to work in and through that. And so uh, oftentimes, just kind of broadly speaking, uh, you know, our culture, when it thinks about, okay, how do we help a person change, it can often become very, very professionalized. And I don't just mean outside the church, right? Uh, it's not an unnatural impulse for us to think, oh, that person needs to change. They need a quote-unquote paid ministry person to do that work. Somebody who's full-time ministry to help run with that. Or we think, oh, no, no, they need a full-time professional counselor, outside counselor to do that work. Now, let me be clear. Praise God for those that are engaged in that work. That can be very, very helpful in a change process for certain people in certain situations. But that does not mean that you cannot be used, and in fact, that God doesn't want to use you in very significant ways as a part of that change process. And so we want to be very uh, careful to not either, uh, yeah, kind of run away from those kind of professional helps, but also we don't want to just say, oh, okay, that's for that category. You, You have that category of problem. There's nothing that everyday relationships can help you with. Scripture is going to say something very different about that. <clears throat> because if we buy into that way of thinking, that we're, we're going to automatically assume <clears throat> that um, because we can't help them, we're going to become very passive in those relationships. We're going to become very passive and actually going before the Lord in humility and saying, God, I don't know how to be helped, but help me be helpful and engage each other in the body of Christ to know how to do this well. And so one of the uh, identity pieces that will help us think about our role in the body of Christ can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 21. Does someone want to read 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 14 to 21? Uh, while you're turning there, uh, did you want to add anything on the, on the front end?
1: Just like a really quick illustration. Uh, dear brother who's since gone to be with the Lord, David Pallison, before he was a Christian, he spent a lot of time in a psych ward and he was interning there. (laughs) He wasn't checked in there. He was working there as a clinician. And he found something really interesting as he observed. He found that the most um, effective person in ministering, I use that word, ministering, but serving the people who were checked in was actually the janitor. Mm -hmm. Willie. Willie. His name was Willie. His name was Willie. Yeah, that the, uh, normally, actually, when the people were going through psychotic episodes, they would call for Willie, the janitor, because he was the person that just treated them like they were real people, and he had real relationships with them. So he would just say, what are you doing right now? You know that's crazy. You know you're talking about crazy stuff. Like He would just treat them like they were normal people. And so that was one of the things that really got mm-hmm. David Allison's wheels turning of like, Hey, maybe there's something to this Christian faith as well that talks about people being integrated into one body. So that's just in terms of like the professionalization, yeah. that's just one example of how the Lord can really use anyone, even a janitor on a work to be the most effective person in helping the people there.
0: Yeah, that was yet before David Paulson was a Christian, like you said. It was a huge witness to him. And again, there certainly is, and praise God, when there's the resources and the helps available. And you know, we'll try to think well about when we talk about professional help. But in general, what we are kind of putting on the forefront is the everyday relationships of life that God uses and often uses, especially in the body of Christ. So someone go ahead and read that passage for us out loud. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 21.
2: God, for our sake,
0: He made Him to be sin. Do no sin, that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. And so you see there this idea, this reality for those who are in Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. And again, ambassadors to the world, and we'll talk about that idea of ambassador, but also we represent him to one another. And praise God for that, especially when it comes to being used as instruments of change in each other's lives. Uh, You'll see kind of three important uh, points of focus there in your notes uh, that Paul Tripp identifies when it comes to three things that can mark, that do mark being an ambassador of Christ. The first one is that we carry the message of the King. We carry the message of the King, and so an ambassador is always asking what does the Lord want me to communicate to this person in this situation? The message of the king. What does God, what does Christ, who, what, what does he want me to communicate to this person in this situation? Lord, give us wisdom. So there's a message that we want to be carrying as ambassadors. Then there is the methods of the king, the, the how when it comes to change, the methods of the king. And so, Let's think about how it is that the Lord works change in our lives, right? What are His methods, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And then we obviously want to work as the Lord worked. As God brings change in our lives, we want to go, okay, that then is a pattern that I want to begin to bring into my relationship to see real change happen. Not superficial change, but change that points them and connects them to the person of Jesus. So the how, the methods of the King we carry with us. And then thirdly there, there's the character of the King. The character of the King. And so this is, okay, Lord, how do I faithfully represent you, the way that you think, feel, and, and act in certain situations? The character of the king. This is going to be as we grow more and more in Christ, our character will more and more reflect the, the character of the king to people in our relationships. And again, thankfully, uh, you can see the message, the methods, the character all throughout Scripture when it comes to the Lord himself just to highlight a few on the message you can look at the sermon on the mount in Matthew 5 to 7 a lot of Jesus is teaching there in Luke 15 to 18 on the methods Luke 9 18 to 27 where you'll see that passage about taking up our cross it's in Luke 9 18 to 27 also in Luke 10 25 to 37 where the Lord calls us to love him with our our entire heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And so you can see that for the message, Sermon on the Mount, methods, those passages in Luke I mentioned, and then also the beauty of his character. Philippians 2 is a great place to to look when it comes to the character of Jesus. And so this word ambassador, what it's trying to present for us is this reality that our life is bigger than our life. We are here representing the king in our daily relationships. And so we were created to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And so we ask ourselves, okay, where has God positioned me to be his ambassador? This world is not my home, and so we are here for a limited amount of time. And we don't turn on and turn off the ambassador, right? That's a lifestyle. That's an identity. And what a beautiful calling to think that the God of the universe, the king of the universe says, hey, you, child of God... I'm one of the reasons I've redeemed you, one of the reasons I've saved you is so that you can reflect me to the people and to the created world around you. What a grace, what a blessing. And so that includes very much so the relationships that God has placed us in, whether it's family relationships, relationships with roommates or neighbors or coworkers or friends at school. God has placed you if you're a child of God into that relationship to help you think about, okay, Lord, you, one of the things you want me to do is to be an instrument of change in people's lives. Whether that's for those who don't know Jesus, what does it look like to share the gospel and, and to live a life walking closely with Christ so that people can see Jesus reflected in how you interact with them. Or for a brother and sister in Christ to be an instrument of change in their life, to be a source of encouragement as well as a source of pointing out where sin is trying to creep in because we are all spiritually blind Sin is deceitful, and so we need brothers and sisters to go, Oh, hey, I see something here. I love you. I care about you. I'm concerned. Let's, let's talk. And also people who are discouraged that are having a hard time seeing the encouragement that's found in Christ. We are God's instruments in that change process. And so we want to begin to think about our relationships that way. Anything you want to add to that before we mention the, the diagram? So this... Um, ministry model that we're going to more fully introduce today, and then we're going to spend the next eight weeks filling out in our time together, the remaining time together in this class. It's on the back of your handout there. Now, this, this is just one illustration. I know with how people change the um, the heart, thorns, root, fruit model, uh, that whole picture, the diagram, I know that was essential to like actually following that diagram as we went through the class. This Uh, this will not be the the same kind of a diagram. This is just a snapshot for you when we're introducing this idea of love, know, speak, do. And so as you look at this, if the picture is helpful, great. If not, just remember those four categories that we're going to talk about because this is a ministry model that we're going to try to look at more uh, closely together. So again, this is not a a linear kind of four-step process of first I love, and then I know, and then I speak, and then I do. But rather, these are four ways of functioning in the life of somebody else in order to be one of God's instruments of change. So loving, knowing, speaking, doing are going to be happening simultaneously in different ways all at the same time. I will say for me personally, the love, no speak, do, this has been one of the most helpful paradigms for ministry that has uh, stuck with me uh, for the last 15 years that I first heard about this model of ministry. Whenever I'm engaging in a conversation with anybody, I'm immediately thinking about love, no speak, do. And we'll get into a little bit more, but like for me personally, that idea of love is, Lord, do I see this person the way you see them? Do I see this person the way you see them? Lord, help me to have that kind of love that you have for me for them. Because oftentimes when I see somebody, I'm often thinking about convenient or inconvenient. Do I have time for this? Do I not have time for this? Do Do I want to be the person... This pride rage up? Oh, that situation, this person, I want to be the person that's seen as the one that's helping that person because that would bring glory to my name. Or am I afraid like, oh, I'm going to screw this up. I, I, I'm going to pull back. I don't want to do it. That would be the opposite of God's love for us. So love, how do I see this person the way they do? And then knowing, right? We'll, we'll look at knowing here in a little bit and speaking and doing, but that loved one, that is something that I don't just start with that, but come back to that often in your relationship as you're engaging in conversations with another person. All right, so some of the questions you see there for love, right? I mentioned that. Do I see this person as God sees them? Is my agenda for this person the same as God's agenda? Now, this is an essential point here, uh, this idea of love in this model of ministry because it points out the importance of relationship in the process of change the importance of relationship in the process of change. You could argue biblically that change always takes place in the context of a relationship. You can make a very strong biblical argument that change always takes place in the context of a relationship. So that should be both convicting to me to know, okay, who are the people that I am inviting in to relate to me to help me change, to grow in Christ, and who are those that God has placed in my life that he wants me to be an instrument of change in their life. And you think about how the the Lord himself works in this. Some people have called it the covenantal model of change. This idea that God dwells with us. He relates to us. And that's how change happens. It's relational. It's not just, hey, Danny, here's how you're going to change. Here's your 10-step process to change when you're in this situation or in that situation. Everything that God has given and is doing is helping me to try to see a person, namely Jesus Christ. The words in the Bible, it's the word of Christ. I want to hear from the Lord, this relational aspect of the Lord. I want to recognize that He is present with me, that I have a great high priest in Jesus that's walking with me, that He's given me the body of Christ as a way to change me and help me grow. He is present with me. So you want to think of that relational aspect. If you find yourself stuck in growing in love for another person, we want to step back and look vertically. Well, how do I think about the Lord? Do I think about Him in relational ways? When I, th- when I hear the name God and his love for me, what comes to mind? Is there a person there or is there a concept and an idea that's become a little less personal? You want to mention anything on the, the love?
1: Earlier when Danny and I were talking about this, I told him, I think we could spend an entire lesson on that one point of how yeah. change is relational. Um, because there's just so much of scripture speaks to that theme and even just it's like the hinge point of the gospel itself right like God in his mercy makes us right through a relationship with Christ not because of a performance not because I somehow have a perfect right doctrine in my head of this special higher knowledge but really because I'm united with Christ and so how even that is so protective and guarding and shaping in our Christian lives, we go back to, I'm made right because I'm, I'm in relationship with Christ, not because of anything that I do or that I inherently have. It's because of who I am now, because of who I know. So again, just like the, the yeah. gospel is going to be very key in that whole idea of change occurs in relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the normal pattern of the Christian life. It's it's very, 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 very hard to change by yourself. Because sometimes, even for those those of us who are more disciplined, if we're trying to change by ourselves, here comes pride. For those of us that are more prone to discouragement, okay, here comes despair and a self-centered despair that can creep in when we're by ourselves trying to change. So we want to, it's, that change is relational. So love, we want to be always thinking about, Lord, help me to have, help me to see this person as you see them. Give me the love of Christ for this person in front of me. No. Do I know this person's situation well enough that they feel understood by me? Do I know this person's situation well enough that they feel understood by me? This, this part of the process can be skipped far too quickly. And, and done far too uh, superficially in such a way that the speaking and doing you're trying to give to them will feel very, very not relevant to them in their situation. And so the loving and the knowing, and again, if you look at the diagram on the back of your page there, again, the negative fruit is what you see, uh, you know, the thorns of the flesh, and you're like, oh, I don't know if that's you know that's something I want to speak into would be kind of the negative fruit or also even if someone just finds themselves struggling to see the Lord in a hard situation that band that the external fix the t- which can lead to temporary superficial change that often happens because we've not spent time knowing we've not spent time in this part of the process of really trying to understand their situation hey help me understand your situation more Your like what what is Help me to see you in this, in this external situation, right? How is your heart responding? What, what emotions are you feeling? What's daily life look like for you as you're trying to work through this situation? And so how do I really try to know them and have a context for them, whether it's the context for their suffering or a context for their sin? It's very helpful to have that context, to slow down the film, to not want to fix things too quickly. Again, this is reflective of how the Lord works with us. Think about all the sin that God still has to sanctify in me. He's a patient God. I've been walking with him for 20 years. And by God's grace, he didn't open up the floodgates on all my sin and all my shortcomings at one time. He's walking with me patiently. So we do the same thing. We want to have the heart of the Lord and say, I actually want to know this person's situation. I want to know their how are they making sense of things without jumping in too quickly with the fix, with the band-aid. Without assuming I understand their situation, when they tell me they got into a fight with their mom or dad or a fight with their spouse, I don't want to assume, oh, okay, yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah, we all kind of have arguments, don't we, and just say unkind things to each other. Well, if you slow down and actually ask them, no, no, tell me what was that fight like for you and for you guys, you might find it's way more intense than that or less intense than that. Never assume a person's situation. Never assume that you fully understand someone. Spend time knowing them in the way that Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 talks about Jesus as our great high priest. He came onto this earth, took on human flesh. And did he immediately begin speaking into the human experience? As soon as he got to earth? He lived in human flesh for 30 years, unknown as the Messiah himself. 30 years walking as a human on this earth so that we can without question go oh that high priest knows what it's like to be a human on this earth and so in a similar way we want to try to know the people that god has given us and know their situations well anything you want to say on the no aspect
1: have extra time in your devotions this week, I think another really helpful thing to look through is just all the pages of Scripture and see the different spots. Well, I guess you could Google it. That would take you a long time to search all the pages of Scripture this week. But if you look through all the spots where uh, the the Lord himself asks people questions, which is really striking, right? Because he knows everything. He already knows what's in people's hearts, but Cain is angry. asks, hey, why has your face fallen? Jonah, why are you angry? The the times that Jesus asks questions. And so I think that all relates to this piece of no because we could even have a sense of, I think this is this person's idol. I think that this is where they need to grow. But kind of like what Danny was saying with the band-aid, sometimes we can jump in so quickly to, hey, I think that this is what you need to repent of. That we don't actually slow down to really know How is that person walking through that? And it can be the same feeling, some of us have talked about this, the same feeling as like getting a a steak shoved down your throat. Steak is delicious and helpful and nourishing, But you can't swallow the whole thing at once. You need it bit by bit. And often the rich truths of the Lord are like that. God's goodness, God's sovereignty. Like I can't swallow that quickly. And so really slowing down to know somebody and hear where they're at can help say, okay, maybe let's chew off this little part of the steak right now instead of trying to to shove a whole bunch of things onto somebody, which can happen more quickly if we don't slow mm. down to really know them and know where they're at. So that's getting a little bit ahead into the speaking and yeah. doing,
0: but. Which is great, because that is the next one, and that's where, yeah, well I just say this about speaking, and then where I even saw where I had to grow in that in my own life, because that's a great analogy even of the steak, even though part of me did wonder, could I swallow a whole snake, a whole steak, but that's a great, great analogy made me a little hungry, but it was good. Yeah, that's where I need to grow. I can enjoy my food more if I chewed slower. So speak is what's one bit of truth I can connect to one bit of their struggle. Now, those words are used very intentionally. One bit of truth to one part of their struggle. One bit of their struggle. Why do we say it that way? Because change happens slow. Progressive sanctification. Does God sometimes change us fast? He does, and praise God when he does but change happens slow. So what's the one thing that God wants this person to see that he or she is not seeing? The one thing in this moment, and Lord, how can I help them see it? You think of uh, one of my favorite verses when it comes to kind of one another ministry is 1 Thessalonians 5.14, which says to admonish the the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, and help the weak. Be patient with them all. Is the last part of that verse. So there are times when someone like they are just in high-handed, rebellious sin, running hard against the Lord. We need to speak hard truth in love to them to say, "Hey, I, I want to warn you in love. This is going to end in destruction." And there's other times where again, all we could in any of in any one conversations, there's probably going to be areas where they are faint-hearted and unruly and also weak. And so, Lord, we need wisdom. What's the one bit of truth that they need encouragement here? Do I need to lead with that? Do they need help, like actual physical help? Do they need a word that's going to speak more challengingly? And the reason why I say the speak is so helpful and important is because my tendency, my temptation in general, and especially early on in kind of one another in ministry, was to try to teach everything, everybody everything that I thought they needed to hear about the whole situation at one time. So like if someone was struggling, let's say, with uh, yeah, despair, I would find myself trying to listen and go, huh, great. Now let's look at this psalm. Great. Now that reminds us of Jesus. Let's go now talk about Jesus and how he did. And now let's talk about heaven and how this is going to be uh, the new heavens and new earth and how that responds today. Now let's talk practically about what you need to do in your life. And you think about sleep, diet, and exercise. Oh, and that reminds me now of the body of Christ and how you need them to kind of help them out here. Does that make sense? And oftentimes they would stir me blankly and go, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Danny. Thanks. So it's hard for me because I'll see someone and go, Lord, it's and a lot of it, for me, I noticed was there was pride there. It was hard for me to have the humility to go, Lord, I can't do it all for this person. What's the one part, the one truth you want me to try to introduce to them in this moment? That, again, as you spend more time loving and knowing, the speaking now is more relevant. It's better received, right? If, if, if someone who you know loves you speaks truth into your life, is that gonna be a lot more receptive in your heart than someone who you're not sure what they think about you? You're not sure what their intent or motive is in speaking into your life. That relationship is very, very important. Now, again, that's on the side of being the person that gives the counsel, right? On the side of receiving it, we, we wanna, we don't want people to have to go over 100 hurdles for them, for us to hear truth from them, right? We wanna have a heart posture of humility. God can speak to me through a donkey right? And I have been a donkey in people's lives, and he's used some donkeys in my life. So, again, and I'm thinking there of, you know, Balaam and his donkey, you know, which is kind of an analogy. All that to say, the Lord can use people in our lives, so let's have that heart posture that's open to that, and then let's have the humility to say, Lord, what's that one bit of truth that's going to be helpful for them in this moment? And not try to do too much at one time. That's that stake analogy that Melissa helpfully kind of pointed to. Anything more you would want to add to that?
1: I mean, just again, to that idea of the change process being slow I think we could spend a lot of time meditating on that like why why is change slow why doesn't God just conform us to the image of Christ right away he hates my sin more than I hate it Mm. and I think there are a lot of different answers to that question and a lot of rich theology there but maybe just one piece to highlight to think through for ourselves then for others is is how if it did happen so quickly I wouldn't need his grace as much I wouldn't learn to depend on him as much Mm -hmm. I wouldn't feel my need I wouldn't grow in that humility and so as we think through that for ourselves then for others to just grow in the patience of man I would love for this person To see this right away. I'm just frustrated that they're not getting it. And whenever we feel that temptation in ourselves to slow down and say, there have been so many ways where I haven't gotten it. Mm -hmm. Where the Lord has been so patient with me. Lord, will you help me grow in patience with this person? To not try to speak too much too quickly. Because there is something really beautiful about being able to watch the Lord change me. Because it becomes really clear, right? It's not me. It's Him. I'm watching Him change me. And so that's how that can be an encouragement to, to speak more slowly, even the one bit of truth to one bit of life, like to the same.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's slowing down. Um, and this, uh, I can't remember where I heard this, but it, just when it comes to trying to speak to somebody in a way that they've really received it, uh, one of the, the ways that I heard this put was you want people, when they're reflecting back to you, not to just say, yeah, that's right. Or, I'm sorry, uh, you don't want them to say, yeah, you're right, you're right. You want them to say, yeah, that is right, that's right. What you're saying is right. The it difference between you're right, your oh, right and that's right.
1: It was that, that's that, right,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, was a, a negotiator. It a yeah.
1: hostage situation. Yeah. He would go in and he'd be the person to like negotiate with yeah. the crazy guy with a gun. And he would say there's a really key moment yeah. when he... Uh, would hear the the crazy guy say, Yeah, that's right. Then he would say, Oh, I know that
0: We're tracking now. I know I yeah. won.
1: Versus, right. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because he was it was just a oh, okay, mm-hmm. well, whatever you think, yeah, you're right, versus that's yeah. right is like a oh you're convinced of the the truth of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. because <laughs> that, And good.
0: that's even yeah. in those the the relationships, because again, we've done that with people, people have done that with us, yeah, yeah, you're right. And what they're really saying is like okay, I think you're speaking general truth, but I, it's just not relevant to me right now. It's, it's not helpful to me right now versus, hey, that is right. And so the loving and knowing helps the speaking to get to the point where it's like, that's right, we need to do something with that. And then finally, the do. We, we want to help. We have to help people to do something with what they have learned, to apply the insights, right? To consider, okay, to really change I need help, they need help, I need wisdom, they need wisdom, encouragement, assistance. Now practically, what's one thing, again, one thing that you could do and even encourage them to do, and the next time you talk to them, follow up to say, hey, how did that go? We wanna be practical with this. Now again, this is coming on the heels of hopefully having spent time with the loving and knowing and and sending some some real truths in the speaking, which by the way, in the speaking, we always do wanna be pointing them to the person of Jesus it's always wonderful to connect them to how Jesus is a great high priest in their situation, whether they are struggling in sin or whether they are suffering. We always want to point people to Jesus in the speaking. But now the doing is, okay, practically, what does that look like in your lives? And this is where we can, again, lean into the body of Christ, ask for help in this to get practical. Again, I at times found know, myself getting stuck with like, oh, who cares what we do? Jesus is so wonderful and so great, isn't he? And it's yes and amen. You wanna sit there and camp out there, but then they'd be like, but what do I, where do I take that? What do I do? And I'd be like, oh, it doesn't matter. Jesus is great, let's go, let's go have a coffee. It's, I wanna be careful to not leave someone who needs some practical help without practical helps that can be there. But again, hopefully it feels relevant to them through this loving, knowing, and speaking. So again, we've been chosen to be ambassadors of the King in our daily lives, in our relationships especially. And so we actually get to live out and live in God's kingdom in our everyday lives, in our everyday relationships, especially here within the body of Christ at Delray Baptist Church. All right, so for our small group time together, uh, we've got yeah, about 10 minutes here. Get in groups of two to four, and you can look at, I think you guys have like three questions or so. For the make it real. Uh, And then on the back of that page, or on the back of a page, there's a personal ministry opportunity that I encourage you guys to take throughout this week and invite at least one other person into with you. To have a personal ministry opportunity. You're going to reflect in an area of your own life or a relationship in your own life to apply this love-no-speak-do to. And so it'd be wonderful to invite someone in so that throughout the rest of this course. You can begin to grow in a specific area or a specific relationship of your life. Anything else you wanted to add?
1: Just real quick, in your groups of two to four, um, two is totally fine, but we would encourage married couples to not just meet with each other, but include somebody else into your group as well, or siblings yeah. or roommates. Right. If you're with each other kind of all the time, maybe consider bringing somebody else into the group as well. But, yeah, anywhere from
0: two to four. Awesome. All right. We'll break and have like 10-ish minutes. We have uh, time here for one or two questions before we break um, or even just reflections from your time together. So now is the time to share. So, yeah, anything, any reflections from your group or... A question that is lingering from today's lesson. Yes, Allie. I have a question. Um, so, if you're talking to somebody and
1: you think, wow, there's a lot yes. to be addressed here. Yes. And you do want to just, one minute turns to one. Yeah. Comes, do you tell them, because, like, in my, my situation, like, I know there's a lot going on in my heart that needs to be addressed. Sure. So, like, do you tell them there's a lot here, yeah. but I just want to share this with let them know
0: that there's a lot more so i about like, feeling like is that it like, do you know what I'm saying I do that's a great question yes ali was saying hey if you do see there's a lot with a person do you let them know there's a lot while also wanting to speak the one bit of truth or do you just give one bit of truth so they don't feel too bad about all that there uh, all that there is there to work on yeah and again we'll get into the more of the practical specifics in the coming weeks like we'll have 2 weeks on love 2 weeks on no 2 weeks on speak 2 weeks on do but in general, I would say, yeah, for me, I do do what you said. Like, I'll let them know, hey, there's a lot here to work through. And I might even share a general framework of like, hey, here's how I want to try to help you think about this. But that's too much for right now. Here's one thing, one bit of truth that I want to encourage you in and work together with you. And one practical step towards this bigger one. Because, number one, it's, it's, it's honest. We want to be honest with people. But then also, it can actually be very uh, ministering to others to go, oh, okay, it feels like a lot. It feels like there's a lot happening. Thank you for affirming that this is not a simple situation that I'm in. So, that would be my general impulse. Do you have anything that you'd say to that?
1: And you're just going to share one thing. Oh, thanks. We realized my, my mic wasn't working. Or I'm sure you guys realized my mic wasn't working. I did um, uh, it. That it would probably be something about Jesus. Right. If it's just going to be one thing and that's all I can share. Um, certainly, there might be other relevant things of like, oh, you haven't slept in four days and you're having a manic episode. Maybe we should check you in. You know, there could be situations like that. But just generally speaking, if I'm just going to share one little bit of truth and that's all I have time for, it's probably... I want it to point it back to the Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and that... If we even... In many ways, we've even thinking about this lesson where it would have been great to even spend a lot of time on how the Lord does all four of these things for us to kind of point people to the Lord. That's good. Any other yeah, questions, reflections? Yes, Shannon.
1: how they're responding is impacting you, and your desire is to be like, okay, can we change this so this is not impacting me as much, because I just feel like with siblings, or with spouses, or friends, yeah. um, that's kind
0: of the more optimal Yeah, so are you saying in particular if, if someone hasn't invited you to speak in, is that what you're thinking of in particular, or something different? No,
1: yeah, so if, uh, if they're having certain issues, but it's impacting gotcha. you gotcha. in a negative way, Gotcha.
0: when you're suffering from their behaviors themselves. Yeah. Um, anything.
1: I think it's such a great question, and I'm sorry if we gave the impression in the lesson that this is like more formal relationships, because I think what you're yeah. highlighting, Shannon, is so good that this is just body life, uh-huh. like interacting uh-huh. with roommates and friends uh-huh. and family members, and this, this should just be a part of everyday relationships, and uh-huh. so thanks for highlighting that. I think that's really important. And there's a lot there that I think we could talk about but just one bit of truth that might be really helpful would be how um, there's no one who's more hurt over my sin than the Lord Uh there's no one who's more offended no one Uh whose glory is more tarnished by my sin than the Lord and yet look how patient he is with me and He is faithful. He is clear. He will speak truth. He will not let sin just slide under the rug. But he is so merciful and patient. So that could be just another orienting thought as you think about those relationships. Like, all sin is hurtful Uh because we live in relationships. So truth, change Uh is relational, and then sin is going to impact all relationships as well. And so, Lord, help me to be long suffering as you are long suffering, to be mm-hmm. patient as you are patient, and truthful mm-hmm. as you are truthful. That's
2: good. There's yeah. a lot more there. It's a really good yeah.
1: question.
0: That's just a little snapshot. Yeah, it's really, and I would you know, also say to Amen that when the more impacted by a person's sin we are and the more entangled we are in that, I think the more we're also going to want uh, some, some others to help us with that as well. So I think the more that we're directly involved in it, I think the more helpful it is to have the body of Christ. Not that the Lord can't use us, and, and he calls us to be an ambassador in that situation, love, no speak, do, but the more we're going to want to try to invite someone else in. it's yeah. a good question. Yeah. We have time probably for one more question. Yes, Kevin. Uh,
2: so today, something we were talking about as a group, uh, one area was how the Band-Aid fix, or the, something most of the time Band-Aid's quicker. Yes. is more like the DC efficient way yeah. in what you're doing things. Yeah. Make us strive to more like Christ as He mm. tells us to, doing more and operating more the way He was. Mm. Connects us even stronger to Him, our tree to heaven. So, we having more of the love. Uh, yeah. Knowing. Yeah. as much to straight doing band <laughs> Right. Uh, it makes us more like Him. So, as the individual that we're helping can connect those dots, it also helps us as the ones that are giving or providing reminding. To also make us
0: more in Christ, too. You know. Amen. Those are great reflections on the temptation towards the band-aid fix. And even in my own life, I've found a temptation towards the band-aid when I'm like, I just don't want to deal with this person in this situation. Here's the fix. Go get them. Here's the truth, and it's true. It's on you now. I've given you the truth to fix it. So that's where I've found that. And then, because uh, again, the Lord doesn't go around just with a bunch of band-aids. And then also with that, where we don't want to unhelpfully take it, you didn't, this is just my reflection. Is especially I would say for those battling with addiction, right? We we might need a band-aid, We might need some gauze to immediately wrap some things up. Um, with again telling them the fuller picture of hey, this is just going to stop some bleeding. But if we do not get do some deeper surgery here, that gauze is going to wear out pretty soon. And so that's where again we we don't want to be like totally you know against the practical. But at the same time, that heart posture. I think that's most of us. We'll just want to do the Band-Aid fix. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, hurry up and stop talking so I can tell you the one thing to do that's going to fix it. All right, makes sense? Great, let's pray. There's a person there that the Lord wants us to engage with. Yeah, and you want to? Great, awesome. Wonderful. All right, well, uh, that is it for our time together this morning. Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back again next week for the first part of love in this model of love, no speak, do. So let me pray for us and um, we'll go worship together. Amen. Well, Father, we are, again, so grateful uh, how you love us perfectly with a love that's so deep and so broad and that we need the strength of Christ to really know and understand the love that you have for us, Father. And so, Lord, help us to understand the height, the breadth, and the depth more than we do today. Lord, thank you for how well you know us, that you are willing to dwell among us, to take on human flesh, to be, to send Jesus so that he is our great high priest who knows what it's like to live in this life on earth, to be misunderstood, to be sinned against, to be physically sinned against. And yet in all of this, Father, in all of this, he engaged in loving relationships with the people around him, speaking truth in love. And Lord, would you help us to do that well? to know someone well enough to really speak these words of truth. And God, we pray that you would bless the words that we speak to people. We don't know the perfect words to say at the perfect time, but you can take our words as they reflect your words and use them to change people's lives. And so we pray that you'd help us to do that more and more as the body of Christ at Delray Baptist Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.